Welcome to the FFGF Podcast. We are located in Fredericksburg, Virginia, and our mission is for you to know God and make Him known. We pray this message blesses you today. If you'd like more information about our ministry or how you can partner with us, please go to fredfulgospel.com. Thanks for listening. How's everybody doing this morning? Since you know my life story, I don't have to introduce myself. And uh, no, I'm, I'm uh, Pastor John Gordon, and um, and all of that's true. <laughs> okay, hey, I want to. I have a message for you this morning. It's called "What's Gone Up Must Come Down." Turn to your neighbor and say, "What's gone up must come down." Thank you. Beautiful. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in this room today. We thank you that you've been here as we've praised you, as we've worshiped you. Now, Lord, as we dive into your word for these next few moments this morning, God, I pray you right now, open up our hearts to receive what you'd want us to say. I pray that you would unclog our ears. God, anything that's in the way of receiving, uh, us receiving from your word, I pray that it will be gone right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll be on, at work right now. God, I thank you for your word, God, that's sharper than even it says a sword, a sharpened sword, and it cuts, and it shows, and it rebukes and it teaches. So God, we pray that your word will teach us this morning. And God, I pray that you'll anoint me just to deliver it how you've given it to me. In Jesus' name, amen. A teacher asked the children in her Sunday school class, if I sold my house and my car and had a big garage sale and gave all the money to the church, would I get into heaven? No, the children all answered. Sorry, I hope I didn't scare you. They were emphatically, no. If I clean the church every day, mowed the yard, kept everything neat and tidy, would I then get into heaven? Again, the answer was no. Well, she continued, then how can I get into heaven? In the back of the room, a five-year-old boy shouted, you gotta be dead. (laughs) Okay. One balmy day in the South Pacific, a Navy ship espied smoke coming from one of the three huts on an uncharted island. Upon arriving at the shore, they were met by a shipwrecked survivor. He said, I am so glad you're here. I've been alone on this island for more than five years. The captain replied, if you've been alone on the island for five years, excuse me, the captain replied, if you're all alone on the island, why do I see three huts? The The survivor said, oh, well, I live in one and I go to church in the other one. And he said that, the captain said, well, what's the third hut for? And he said, well, that's where I used to go to church. Yeah, was good. <laughs> All right. That's nothing to do with what's going up must come down. But anyways, I want to just laugh a little bit. Okay. Hey, what's going up must come down. Uh, I'm going to quickly remind you of a few principles this morning that you probably are aware of, but it's easy to forget in our day-to-day life. What's gone up must come down. I want to remind you who you are. I want to remind you what you've been promised. You see, you have a father who has given you some promises in a a message that he's given you. It's called the Word of God. And we read it and we believe it's God's love letter to you and to me, understanding his character, understanding how we've been called to live, learning the story of Jesus, and also he gives you things that he has promised you. Anybody promised something to someone before? Anybody made a promise? Let me just remind you that we are finite human beings and that you cannot fulfill every single promise that you make. I know it's hard to learn sometimes. We've been, we've been failed by other people. Have you ever been failed by somebody who's promised you something before? Have you ever not deliver, delivered on a promise that you yourself have made and just you overcommitted and you could not fulfill your promise? I just want to remind 
with you today. The character of your God is one of this, that he will never, and actually he can never fail his promises because he is truth. Can you say amen this morning? Are you thankful that you serve a God who cannot fail you? That he fulfills his promises. And so when we read, I was holding this like it's my Bible. This isn't my Bible. When we read scripture, we can know that the promises are true. And that I can rely on what it says. I want to remind you quickly, just for the next five minutes, on some promises that he's given you today. And then we're going to talk about some other things. John 10.10. This is the heart of your father today. The thief does not come except to what? Steal and to kill and to destroy. The enemy has three jobs. He's coming for you. So don't be, don't be surprised when the promises in your life that we're about to talk about are contested. Why? Because he doesn't want you to have your promises. He doesn't want you to live in peace. He doesn't want you to live in financial freedom. He doesn't want you to live with joy. He wants you to live depressed. He wants you to live broken. He wants you to live caught in a pattern of sin. He doesn't want you to live free. And so it says the enemy doesn't come, the thief doesn't come but to steal, kill, and destroy. But I, Jesus, this is his job. I have come that they might have what? Life. That they might have it more abundantly. That means to the overflow. Where it's overflowing out of your life. That's what God's plan is for you. I want to read to you some scriptures this morning of promises from your father. Jeremiah 29, 11. You know, some people go on through life not feeling like they have a purpose. Jeremiah 29, 11, maybe a verse we've already always, all heard of or, or recited or know. I'm going to read it to you, remind, it, remind you of it. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. You know, before you ever started thinking about God, he was thinking about you. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. You know, there's a purpose for your life. You know, there's a point to you being here. You maybe feel like, What's my purpose? What's my, I could never do much. I've messed up. I'm not from, I don't have much. There's a purpose. You have a purpose on this earth. Matthew 11 verses 28 through 29. Look at this promise from Jesus. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Let me read that, verse 29. This is a promise from Jesus. Take my yoke, that yoke word, that means teachings. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Just a little background is when a a master in Jewish culture would, a rabbi would start to teach his disciples. When he would ask them to follow him, he would say, will you take my yoke upon you, my teachings? Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest rest not just for your bodies but for your souls you know how many people are medicating in our generation because they can't find rest for their souls and i'm not just talking about prescription drugs i'm talking about alcohol illicit drugs sexual uh, things different things that they, they try to find a, some rest for my soul oh he says come to me learn from me and i'll give you some some rest philippians 4 19 Look at this, I feel like we sometimes walk through life not knowing if God will take care of us, but we can claim the promise of Philippians 4.19 that says, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, I'll just wait for you to look at it because I want you to look at it with me this morning. Philippians 4.19 says, and my God 
shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. All right, we'll keep going. Romans 8, verses 37 through 39 says this. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. How about that? How about we've been promised victory in our lives? For I'm persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other thing created shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. How about that today? How about you know you've been provided for? You've you've been given the victory. You've been given the, the ability to be a conqueror over the things that would come against you. Psalm 1611 says, says this, you will show to me the path of life. Your presence, in your presence, there's fullness of joy. Where can I find the joy that I'm looking for? It's actually in the presence of God. Where God is, that's where I'm joyful. Where God is, that's where I find freedom from anxiety and freedom from depression. I'm filled with joy. And he says, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so the Bible says that actually pleasure isn't in entertainment. It's not in my Netflix account, my distractions and watching sports and all those things are fine, maybe in themselves, but in the right place. But God says, at, at my right hand, there are pleasures forever. Not for 15, 20, 15, uh, 30 minutes, but forever you'll find pleasure in his presence. First Peter 2, 24 says this, who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness. First of all, we can live because he died. And he says this, not only can our souls live, but our bodies will live. He says, by whose stripes you were healed. You know, God promises physical healing. That's one of the things in this house that we pray for is people who, who, who are sick. May we feel like God will touch you if we ask him. He's promised to do it. And so his promises say, man, when you pray for the sick, they'll be healed. First Peter 2.24, you can claim that. Uh, John 14.27 says this, he promises peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. He says, not as the world do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So he says, not only am I going to give you life, but I'm going to give you, fill you with peace. Anybody need some peace here this morning? Anybody feel like you've been anxious? Anybody feel like you've had some worry? Anybody feel like you've had some things attacking your mind and your heart? It's time that God give you some peace today. Romans 10, 9 says this. He says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. The only prerequisite for for finding and have a relationship with God is just to confess him that you believe him and believe it in your heart. And it says that you will be saved. It's a promise from God. If you believe in God, if you trust him with your heart, he says, you're free and you're saved and you're a son and daughter of the Most High King. Is anybody thankful that that we can believe and Jesus has saved us from our sins? Today. I'm so thankful. John 8, 36 says this. We sang about this one this morning. This is a promise. Jesus says, therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. The Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. What has gone up must come down. We have promises in scripture, you may be saying, what is what has gone up must come down? What does that mean? What does that pertain to what we're talking about? I'm going to show you in a few minutes. I want to talk about the Israelites this morning. God's promises to them and how it's been fulfilled and how, how it affects us. And so God spoke to this man named Abraham who was, who was the first man called by God to lead the nation of Israel. And so he makes these promises to him. 
And he says that, and we're not going to turn to it because of time, but he says to him, I'm going to give you a land, and I'm going to give you descendants, which you're not going to be able to count, and, and, and I'm going to give you a, a, a land called Canaan. You and your descendants are going to live there and grow, and you're going to be my people, and you're, going to, and you're going to bless the whole earth through your descendants, meaning Jesus, and ultimately the Holy Spirit that's been passed to you and me. And so this promise was made to Abraham, but Abraham couldn't have kids. It said he was too old, and his wife was barren, and so through miraculous healing, God uh, brings, uh, they have a son. And his name is Isaac, and they have Isaac and Jacob, and, and all these sons. And, and, um, and so we come to the point where Israel's in slavery. They've come to the land of Egypt after Jacob, the, the 12 sons come to Egypt looking for food, and, and they're, they're there, and they're, they're kept in slavery after Joseph, and, and they're there 400 years. And this is a picture of you and me. I just want to show you the picture of the gospel in story of the Israelites. They're there 400 years in the bondage of sin. They're not their own master any longer. They're, they're, they're bound. They're told what to do and when to do it. The Pharaoh is a type of Satan. You ever been at that place in your life before you started following Jesus where you were not in control of your life? There were urges, there were desires that were not from God. And even sometimes you felt like they weren't even from you. I don't know where this is coming from, but I just have this desire to go, to go do these sinful things. They, they, they weren't in control. And that's a picture of us before we come to Jesus and before we become free indeed. We are under the control of another whose plans are not good for you, whose promises are not for your benefit. They're actually to steal from you, to kill you, and ultimately destroy your soul. But God has a better plan for Egypt. A picture of, of his grace and his mercy comes and, and they are delivered by, uh, by, by the blood of the lamb. There's blood on that last, uh, that last um, plague put on the on the doorpost and, and every Israelite walks out of Egypt unharmed, free, and with, and with blessings. It says the, the Egyptians gave them money to leave. They were like, please go, just take our stuff and you gotta get out of here. And so the, the, the uh, Israelites walk out of Egypt free and with blessing. And it says they go through, where do they go next? To the Red Sea. And they walk through it being a picture of our being baptized. Man, walking through the water, our old life, the old things that used to hold us and bind us being left behind under that water. They can no longer harm us or take control of us any longer because we've been set free miraculously by the Son of God. Can you say amen today that the Israelites were a picture of what's been done with you and me and our souls. And so what happens on the other end of the Red Sea isn't the promised land yet that they've been promised, but it's actually the wilderness. Oh, the wilderness. It's empty. It's barren. There's people there who don't want them there, who are actually coming for them to try to destroy them. And they have to believe God that he actually means what he says, that his promises are true, that he's going to take care of us, that he's going to sustain us. And so God starts doing things for them like giving them food. He gives them manna and he brings quail for them to eat, supernaturally provided for, his supernatural protection, supernatural protection. Uh, guidance that before them every day is, is a cloud or a pillar of fire to show them where to go. It says that their clothes and their, and their shoes didn't get old, that they were provided for. And so the children of Israel start to walk through this place called the wilderness. I just want to say to you today that a lot of us, I guess all of us, are in this place before the promised land or getting to the promised land where there's some battles to fight. 
Anybody in this room feel like you, you, you have some, we sang the song, this is how I fight my battles. I'm glad Brother Bill shared that scripture this morning because we were singing about how we fight our battles with the power of the Holy Spirit through God's promises, through faith in him. But anybody, you can be honest with me today, you feel like you have a battle to fight. You feel like you have something in your life that's coming against you. You have feel, feel like something in your life that God has promised you to be rid of and you just feel like it's still lingering. Anybody ever felt like that? This is what the Israelites are going through. What, what's happened in the wilderness is, is they start to encounter these giants. And they start to encounter some other stuff too. I want to say to you this, that the wilderness is a place of where we fight external things, speaking about the enemy, but we also begin to fight some internal things. How about strongholds of, you ever fought this in your life? Discouragement. You ever fought bitterness? How about lust? How about doubting God? How about complaining? What about idolatry, putting other things before God? And so the Israelites start to encounter some things that they're realizing about themselves that, man, we complain a lot. We don't really trust God that much. We need help. Man, we, we want things that God hasn't given us. We're actually really discouraged most of the time. Man, there's other things we're worshiping other than God. And so they begin to learn how God, how God wants to free them from these things. And they get to this place, and we're going to talk about walls today. They get to this place, they cross the Jordan, and, and they come to this city. Now, what happens in, in the wilderness and going into the promised land is there's all these walled cities. They're called strongholds. They're places that can't be penetrated without some serious, some serious work. These walls are dozens of feet thick. There's only one entrance in and out, the gate, which is heavily guarded. And so Israel, who's been commanded by God to, to rid the land of, of things and, and, and people groups that aren't supposed to be there because this is God's land, they start to encounter some resistance. I just want to say to you today, if you make up your mind to follow Jesus, if you've committed your life to be a follower of Jesus, if you start to win victories and take places from the enemy, you're going to start to face some resistance. You're going to start to face some things that you're wondering, whoa, whoa, where did that come from? I haven't even had that be tempted like that for, for a long time. Anybody ever had that before? Like you've been following Jesus for a long time and all of a sudden this thing comes back that, that you thought you'd been rid of and you're like, man, I don't even know. Where did that come from? You're gonna have some resistance. You're gonna have some opposition come against you. Why? Because the enemy has one job. It's to steal from you, to kill you, and to destroy you. But God has come so that you can have life and have it more abundantly. And so the, the Israelites come into the land that they've been promised and it's not an easy task because there is resistance. I wanna encourage you today. If you have resistance against where you're trying to go, that is a good sign. Can you say amen? If you feel like you've been battling some stuff and it's frustrating, I want to encourage you. You can be encouraged because that is a good sign today. You're headed in a direction where the enemy does not want you to go. He wants you to keep you out of God's promises. He wants to keep you out of what God has, wants to give you. And he is trying to resist you from getting there. And so be encouraged. If you feel discouraged because of resistance, you can know that, oh, something I must be doing is right because the enemy is actually fighting me. And so you can be encouraged today that, that if you have some resistance, you can know that God, is, you're, you're following God in, 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 in the right way. So anyways, I want to say this to you, and I want to read a story, and we'll, and we'll pray. 
How do strongholds and opposition make their way into my life? How are there things that would rob me from what God has for me? A few things. I just want to read this to you. Oppositions or strongholds can come into my life in a number of ways. And if this is you, maybe be in prayer about it today. Uh, It can often start with me being wounded, hurt, or disappointed. It can open my heart and make it fertile ground for seeds of lies from the enemy. Now you see, God's not good. See, what he's promised isn't true. See, you were headed in this direction, but it's probably, it's not going to happen. So you could, you could probably just give up and go back to Egypt, maybe a little more. Even though you're a slave, you're more comfortable there. That's what the enemy is going to try to do. In seasons of discouragement, or maybe you've been wounded, hurt by somebody else, maybe you've been disappointed, sometimes your heart gets open to start, and if we're not grounded in God's word, we can start believing things that aren't true about God. And then brick by brick, a wall's built in my life, and I start to live differently than what God has promised for me. How about some of these strongholds that, ways that strongholds can be brought into my life? What generational? Maybe as a, as a young child, you saw how your father treated your mother, or your, your father left, and so I can't picture now my heavenly father being a good father because I've never seen the example of a good father. I mean, there's that stronghold in my life that I don't know if I can trust anymore because I don't, I've never seen a good father in action. I remember in high school, a speaker coming to our school and telling about how for fun as a high schooler, his dad, would, I, I hope there's no, there's no young kids in here, would give him condoms to go have fun on the weekends. He had a, a, a messed up view of sexuality as a young child who's generationally was learned from, from not living in a home that fought. So there can be things that we learn or generational things that we've been taught that can be strongholds in our lives that must come down. How about this? How about unforgiveness? You know, nothing like unforgiveness will create a stronghold in your life that's not able to be broken. And you need, if you have somebody you need to forgive today, maybe they don't deserve it. Maybe, that you, maybe you feel like you don't even want to tell them. But in your heart right now, you need to release it and say, God, you've forgiven me for everything. I release it and let them go free. And I promise you, the stronghold of forgiveness will, unforgiveness will come down in your life and you'll be free. How about this? Uh, unconfessed sin. Sometimes there's things in my life, your lives, that need to be confessed and strongholds that can be broken. How about external issues, finances? Maybe there's something blocking your blessing. I want to say, when you live according to God's word, his blessings on your life, be a generous person. Give, tithe. I promise you I've tested it. It works. Your family, maybe there's family members who you've been praying for, who just, just there's, they're not following God. They don't love God. Work, man, maybe there's some blocks Doors not opening, you feel stuck. How about some internal issues? Maybe there's bitterness, unforgiveness, depression, anxiety, lust, addiction, self-hatred thoughts, anger, comparison. There's so many strongholds that come against the promises of God. But God has said, whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And so none of this stuff can hold me. But I need to learn when I encounter it how to fight. I need to learn how to win because me wanting it to win doesn't make it go. Let me just say that to you. You wanting to be free doesn't make you free. I learned that as as a high schooler. I began to encounter intense depression. Maybe you've never heard my story before, but I I, I knew that if I just just went on, I would go one of two paths. I would I would be I would I would go crazy. Or I would be free if I, if I went to the Lord. And so I chose to learn how to fight my battles. I learned how through praise to win. And I want to say to you, it didn't go because I wanted it to go. 
It went because of the blood of Jesus and I commanded it to go. And so you have authority today. Let me read to you a story here in Joshua chapter six. And I wanna read to you about the children of Israel coming to a stronghold that they can in themselves not defeat. They can't tear it down. It's too big for them. Anybody ever felt like you had something in your life that was too big for you to, to defeat on your, in your own? You could not do it. I can't do this, God, without you. And so it says that in, in Joshua chapter six, verse one, now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel and none went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, look, this is a promise today. This was his promise to Joshua. See, look, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. This is the promise that God makes to Israel. This stronghold that's in the land that I have promised to you, it is not part of the opposition that I have promised, and so it has to leave, and it will go. In verse 3, I want to show you what he tells them to do. You shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. Then you shall do, this you shall do six days. And they're like, okay, this is still Joshua, right? And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, that when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. And then the wall of the city will fall down flat. And the people shall go up every man straight before him. What? <laughs> we have an army, right? Is it, didn't you tell us to come and like to fight? What, what, we're going to walk around the wall one time six days. And then on the seventh day, we're going to walk around seven times. And then we're going to yell and blow some trumpets. And the wall's going to come down. Come on, God. We're not trying to look stupid up in here, right? Is this, is this are you for real? Are you serious? Is this, this is crazy, right? This is, okay, good. I thought it was crazy, right? <laughs> They're at this point where they have a decision. Do I believe that God will fight my battles or do I take matters into my own hands because I don't think this is gonna happen? Do I decide, man, is this my responsibility because God is talking crazy or do I put radical faith in his deliverance, of, his promise of deliverance for me? I have a choice to make and you have a choice to make today. Do I trust when God says, I'll free you from that. I'll deliver your family from that. I'll provide for you. I'll even heal you. Do I, do I choose to believe or do I choose to say, oh boy, that's crazy. Walk around the wall. Really? That's it? That's what you give me? That's dumb. <laughs> Look what they do. <clears throat> I just want to just show you this. That their warfare is praise. That what is their warfare? Warfare is trumpets in, in the Old Testament were to signify the coming of the presence of God. God is, God is showing them and showing us a tactic. How do I fight my battles? It's by worship. How do I see the walls come down in my life? It's by praise. It's by shouting his praises. It's by relying and trusting in what he says and relying and obeying what, he, what he's doing in my life. And then I can start to see things that would have never ordinarily happened begin to fall in my life because I'm doing what God has told me to do. Let's finish the story. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and he said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and seven priests bear the 
trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, proceed and march around the city and let them who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. Verse eight. So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant and the Lord followed them. Yes, and followed them. Uh, the armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard came after the ark while the priests blow, continued blowing the trumpets. So they're doing this in faith. I don't know about you, but I can imagine being in the group, right? And, and it's like day one, right? And we're like, okay, everybody's standing on top of the wall making fun of us, right? Mocking us. What are you guys doing? I thought we were here to fight. Why are you walking? Are you not in shape, right? So they're, so they're, so they're doing this by faith. And I can imagine six days in, it's like, okay, right? So verse 10, now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make a noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout. Then you shall shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city going around it once. Then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. Verse 12, this is day seven. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And then seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of the Lord went before the ark of the Lord and went on continually and blew the trumpets. Once again, the trumpets were announcing the presence of the Lord. And armed men went before them, but the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord. And while the priests continued blowing the trumpets, and it's verse 14, and the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp, so they did six days. I have a spiritual principle here for you this morning. If you walk in obedience, you will win. If you continue to walk, you will win. Can you imagine if on day five they would have given up? I think too often we quit too soon in our pursuit of freedom from strongholds in our life. We just quit because it's like on day six, we're like, well, nothing's happening. The walls are still there. God, I thought, I, it's like we expect day by day, right, for the walls to be coming down. But often what's happening is God is seeing if you're going to trust him. And so you're walking around in faith, believing that he's told me to come against this thing through worship and through praise and through trusting him and living in obedience. And, and, and will, you, will you keep at it? Will you keep believing that he's going to be on your side and he's going to work for you? So what if day five they would have said, Joshua, this is crazy. This is ridiculous. We're, we're out of here. We're going to the next city. We'll just leave this stronghold here. <laughs> but they said they did it for six days. So I want to say to you, if you're, if you're coming against something, don't quit. Keep going. Verse 15, but it came to pass on the seventh day that they arose early about the dawning of the day, and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only they marched around the city seven times. Verse 16, and the seventh time it happened when the priest blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Verse 17, we'll have a few more verses. So the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, and all who are in it, only Rahab shall live. Let's jump to verse 19. But the silver and the gold and the vessels of bronze and iron are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. Verse 20. So the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpet. They worshiped. They didn't come in with swords. They didn't come with armies. They didn't come with uh, those things that, you know, you see in movies, bulldoze the gates, right? They didn't use any of that stuff. They used their worship and their trust in their God. And it says at the seventh time around, they shouted. And what happened? You know what happened. And it, and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet. And the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat. I love the picture of that, that it was flat. 
somehow it didn't even make rubble for them to climb over. It was flat, and it said that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city. Let me just end with this this morning, that God has promises for you, promises of freedom, promises to bless you, promises of joy and peace and healing and blessing and, and, and how his children, he wants them to live, but sometimes there's opposition that we stand before and we look at the height of the walls and we look at how long it's been there and we say to ourselves, how will this ever move? How can this, we ever be free from this giant? But God says to you, there's two ways. Trust, obey, trust and obey, and worship. Learn to be a praiser. Learn to thank him for what he has done and what he will do. Too often we are in the begging God mode. God, I just, if you just please help me with this one thing, I don't know if we can do it, but I don't know if you, no. Learn how to thank God for what he's done. Learn how to praise God. I want to, oh, I'm passionate about being a praising church. Learning how to praise because I know the effect that praise had in my life. It set me free. It made me free. It gave joy. It made me experience God's presence. So if you learn how to praise, if you learn how to exalt his name, I promise you things that you never thought would fall will fall. And so let me end this, end you with this this morning. This is what praise does in your life and in your battles. Praise puts your battles in God's hands. When we praise, when we lift our hands, it's essentially saying, God, I give this to you. This is too big. When, when, when the doctor comes with a bad report, you just praise and say, God, my life's in your hands. I give myself to you. I believe that by your stripes I'm healed. Man, when your checkbook says that there's nothing left, God, you said you're my provider. Man, when, 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 when things happen in life, I, I choose to praise. It's putting what I've been placed in my hands in God's hands. And then this is what he'll do, and this is what I want to leave you with. I believe when you choose to praise and obey him, he'll take what you've given him, and he'll put it under your feet. And you'll walk on that thing. And that thing won't have any authority you ever again. And that thing will, you'll walk on it. You'll walk over those walls. You'll step over what once was so high in the air that you couldn't even see above it. And now you'll begin to, to step on it and say, oh, I trip. <laughs> you won't even trip. You'll say, man, God brought me through this. I used to be filled with anxiety, but now I am in perfect peace. I used to be always worried about finances, but God has blessed me. I used to feel lonely, but God's putting me in a community with people who love Jesus. I used to be, I used to be this. I used to be that, but I am walking on that thing right now. I used to be bound. I used to be addicted. I used to struggle, but I am walking on what used to be in front of me trying to destroy me. And so today, what happens when you learn how to praise? It's putting your problems, your struggle in God's hands. And I promise you, when you trust him, maybe it won't happen on day one, maybe it won't happen on day four, but it will happen. And so you just keep on walking around those walls, praising God, thanking him for what he's going to do. And I promise you, you will walk on that thing. That thing will be under your feet. You won't be, you won't be attacked by that anymore. And so you can know this as we end here this morning. If there's things in your life you can encourage yourself today that that thing can't stand, but you have to make a decision today. It's trusting God about this too much for me to do. Or am I going to say, God, I don't, I don't get why trusting you and praising you about it's going to make a difference, but I just say, okay, I've tried everything else. Hasn't really worked out too well. I'm going to trust you. And I promise you, you'll walk on the things that once the enemy tried to use to destroy you. And so as we end here this morning, if Kyle's in the room, Kyle, can you play and come, the, come and play the keys? And I just want you to bow your heads. And we're just going to come and bring ourselves before the Lord. If you have something that you want to see broken, that you want to see fall, 
If there's some walls that even you feel like you're responsible for creating and now you're sorry that they're there, let me just trust you that God's promises are still the same. Nothing can separate you from the love of God. Neither height nor depth or anything. And so I want to pray with you today. If this is you, if you feel like, God, I just haven't been trusting you and there's these things I've been living with that I don't want there anymore. I want us in a moment to just raise our hands and we're gonna and we're gonna praise him for what he's gonna do we're not even gonna pray for that long but I just want us to begin to praise and so Holy Spirit I thank you God that our victories come through you come through praise come through worshiping you for what you have done and Lord I thank you that you'll come through I thank you that you'll come through I thank you that you'll come through I thank you that you'll move I thank you that walls have to fall. Strongholds have to collapse. Addiction has to leave. Bodies have to be healed. Sickness has to go. Depression must dissipate. Anxiety must fall. Brokenness must be healed. We thank you today, God. Can we just for these next few moments, we're just gonna sing, Lord, I give you my heart. Lord, I give you my heart. Oh, I give you my soul. I'll live for you. Oh, I'll live for you alone. In every breath that I take, every moment, every moment I'm away. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Your promises are true. And Lord, I give you my heart. Oh, I give you my soul. Lord, I live. Lord, I live for you alone. In every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. Oh, Lord, have your way in me. Now, let's just begin trying it today. I want you to just for the next 30 seconds, and we're going to end in prayer right after that. I want you to begin thanking him for what you want to see him do in your life. So right now, come on, lift it up, your family, your friends, your work, your finances. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Come on, begin to praise him in this place today. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do. We thank you, Lord, for who you are. We thank you, Lord. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you, Jesus. We trust you to move. We trust you to move. We trust you to break strongholds, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you. We trust you, Lord. We trust you. We trust you, Jesus. We trust you. We trust you, Lord. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Now, if you're here in this place today and you've never given your life to Jesus and you don't know what it's about and you're confused, but you want the promises that we've been talking about, let me explain it to you quickly. All you need to do is say, God, I believe that you're real. I believe that you love me. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die for my sin and that I can be free because who the son sets free is free indeed. And I'm promised a life with you, not just here, but for eternity. If you're interested in that today and you've never received that, 
You want to say, I want more, and I want to make a decision to pursue that with my life. I want you just right now to lift your hands, and God sees your hand if you're lifting today. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray if there's anyone in this room who wants to begin following you today, God, I pray that you'll capture their heart right now, that you begin to work in their heart right now, that they begin to speak to you, Lord, that they would give everything that they have to you. And Lord, I thank you, God, for the ability to praise. Lord, we thank you for the precious gift of you, of worshiping you. God, I pray that we would be a people who learn how to praise, learn how to shout, learn how to sing to our King because of what He's done and what He will do. Holy Spirit, we thank you today as we go from this place. God, I pray that we wouldn't be a complaining people, but we'd be a praising people. God, I pray that we wouldn't be a people who is always looking at what's in our way, but always looking up beyond to the one who's going to flatten what's in our way. So God, I pray for every person in this room that you would make the, the path before them flat as they come to strongholds, as they come to opposition. God, that you would stand against what stands against your people today. And God, we claim it and we thank you that it's done in Jesus' name. We love you today. We thank you for the gift of freedom that you've given us. We thank you that the promise of a home in heaven is ours today. And we love you. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, let's say it together. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord.